There is a library that exists at the Nexus where all other universes collide. Inevitably, things wind up there by mistake. Books, artifacts, people. This is the place where things from all universes end up when they get lost. This is the Eternity Archives. Welcome to the Eternity Archives. Normally, we play interdimensional archivists who keep the fabric of reality together, but this week we're in between chapters, and so we are coming to you with a tea time. Before we dive into that, we'll go ahead and introduce ourselves and do a little housekeeping, and then we have um, some world building discussion to share with you all. Hi, my name is Ziva, and I usually play Linda, the human office lady. Hello, my name is Bappy, my pronouns are they, them, and I usually play Real Day Jaquel. And I am Dorka. My pronouns are she, her, and I play Zen, the lizard barbarian princess. Awesome. So before we get into it, uh, we just wanted to go ahead and uh, take a quick second to um, shout out our newest supporter, Bjorn, who is supporting us um, on our Kofi page. So thank you so much for joining us. And a big shout out to all our supporters for hanging out with us on the Discord and in our Kofi and for listening uh, and supporting us. So thanks so much, you guys. Um, I, I'm We're not always the best about staying directly on top of when we need to give people shout outs. So dang it, that one was overdue. Um, but thanks for hanging around with us. We uh, uh, we really appreciate y'all. So now let's go ahead and get into the meat of the episode. So um, something that we've played with a little bit, both in terms of like um, where the narrative is in the Eternity Archives and also just like us as people thinking about this is we've always been really curious about what the worlds are like after we leave them. You know, we always come in for, for a little snippet and we usually hear a little bit about what the world was, um, but what is it like after we leave? And so that's going to be the topic of our tea time today. We're just, um, we're going to do some, some world building and some follow up and, uh, yeah, just, just, share with you all what we're thinking about about these little worlds we jumped into y'all ready to get into it yeah Yeah. all right so um for our listeners we're just gonna go ahead and do this chapter by chapter um so our very first chapter um that we recorded for you all was our DD 5e chapter which dorka was the gm for so so dorka do you have any strong feelings about what that world was like after we left i do So originally I had a very different vision for how that arc was going to go. Uh, Vision's the wrong word. I had a very different idea of how that arc was going to go. Which means I had a different sort of idea about what was going to happen after the mission was finished. Like, we did the first arc and I hadn't really thought about what would happen after y'all found the anomaly. Like, I kind of expected, I don't know, sticking around for a little bit. But instead what happened was just you beamed out with the anomaly immediately, and that kind of set the precedent that we've kept up with for this whole time, which I feel like is why this tea time is a necessary topic. Because, yeah, we really just kind of leave right in the middle of shit. We're like, bye. <laughs> Fuck you, losers. <laughs> bye, y'all, laters. <laughs> Sometimes by necessity, because we are in imminent danger. But so, like, originally I assumed that y'all were going to let the adventurers go and kill the griffins, and instead you did the opposite. 
<laughs> we we love we animals did. on the attorney archives, <laughs> and we hate yeah, people. We, we do. Uh, well, we we love animals for sure. Um, we are we have a big chaos energy here. Yeah, but uh, so my original plan was that like after y'all killed the Griffins and got the egg. The rival adventurers return and like they'd let you go and they would like take the other griffin eggs and adopt the griffins. Well, two two of them can still do that. <laughs> no, they can't because the griffins still have parents. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, but yeah, there was going to be a happy ending for everyone, but that did not there, happen. And we ruined it. <laughs> there was a happy ending for everyone. It was fine. <laughs> So instead, what I imagine happened is that the survivors from your fight, the fighter and the cleric, they would have gone back to Skullcrag to, like, lick their wounds. And when Rill and Linda never came back, it would have been assumed that they were killed by some sort of monster or beast. And that search for the fallen star would have continued. Of course, there would be nothing to find, so... Um, Skullcrag would never really get back to normal. It would never be, like, that quiet little out-of-the-way town again. Because people would keep coming, keep searching, treasure hunters would gather there either to set off for a broader adventure or continue to score the mountains for that yet unfound treasure, which would lead to, you know, better um, increased foot traffic, better increased trade, increased prosperity, which would bring better infrastructure, better maintained roads to and from the town. So it's still a happy ending for everyone. And uh, the, um, the Seeking Star Inn is now a franchise. Oh, good for them. Good for them. Do you get, like, uh, like, do they have a rewards program? Uh, absolutely. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Their, I want, uh, adventurer what? frequent mileage program. Yeah, I want free upgrades whenever I book at the Seeking Star Inn. Yeah, Linda just <laughs> changes different color wigs and, and uh, checks in regularly to uh, to get a little R&R. Yeah. Uh, it's canon. I like the free continental breakfasts. They're, those are pretty nice. There are so many bananas. <laughs> so many, yeah. Elaine is also franchised. Oh, good for her. Good for her. <laughs> See? She's, uh, she's busy. Yeah. Uh, you gave some- her a cookie and she adopted bananas into the recipe. And so now her banana chocolate chip cookies are one of Skullcrag's biggest imports. She's oh, like man. Mrs. Fields. <laughs> yes. <laughs> See, I, sometimes um, killing people is d- fine. <laughs> Yeah, so it all it all worked out that we um, we went murder hobo on them. Deaths. <laughs> but we learned some important things about D anD D, and we approved the local economy. So yay, we didn't ruin everything. Man, now I really want like banana chocolate chip bread. Even though I don't really like bananas, I do love banana bread. I will not answer questions about this. I like the idea of banana chocolate chip bread, but I don't like bananas, so. <laughs> e two of us. Yeah. Um, I think the next arc is me. This one's Yeah. This monster of the week. Yeah, this one's probably less exciting because I think it just becomes like political stuff because it's like well the mayor's dead and the two kids are now orphans i never touched on what happened to their mom i just assumed their mom was also dead um and so now the town needs a new mayor but jokes on you all i don't know how political infrastructure works is there like a vice mayor or do they just have to have a new like vote I'm assuming I assume that they would Jack appoint... ascends to the mayoral throne in his father's place. This is now a um uh It's a mon- monarchy. 
Yeah, so there's one monarchy in Georgia somewhere in another dimension, I guess. Oh, I didn't know. I don't think we ever mentioned that it was in Georgia, but with all the peaches, I should have guessed. Oh, that does make sense. I just assumed it was like small town Illinois or somewhere very classic. Yeah, I think I actually don't remember if I did say it was Georgia, but I think I you also didn't. just, yeah. Uh, or well, when I say say, I don't know if like I ever mentioned it in my notes anywhere. And I just because you've seen my notes, I just write a lot of notes and most of it doesn't even come to the surface. So I don't know if I ever wrote in my notes or if I also was just like peaches. So it must be Georgia. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe Miriam runs for for mayor. I think she'd be a pretty good mayor. Miriam. Yeah. <laughs> what? Oh my god. <laughs> that's that's terrible. Actually, You're no, she's not on the podcast anymore. She wouldn't be a good mayor because she's a vampire, so never mind. <laughs> mayor for life. <laughs> she can't go during the day. <laughs> mayor for life, unless someone gets elected instead of her. Yeah, because now there yeah. are like dark magics like enforcing this one family line to constantly be mayor, so um you know, maybe maybe big political changes are in the future of Sweetgrass. Uh, I haven't thought... Good for them, too. Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, so far, good endings all around. <laughs> all right. Chapter three was Yuzi. It was. So chapter three was our 13th age arc, which, oh boy. So this one, I, I gotta be honest with y'all, um, I don't really think about what happens after we leave. Um, probably because by the time we got to 13th age, it was like, okay, we have a pattern if they leave immediately. So uh, I don't have to fill in all the details here. <laughs> so I don't actually have strong feelings about what happened after. But uh, I do think that um, when and Oren continue to stay with the Thieves Guild and continue to be besties and continue to um, drive um, Lord Harold like completely nuts uh, forever and ever. So when um, you say besties, are they, are they like gal pals besties? or? <laughs> I, you all, you all tell me. Harold, they're lesbians. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think we've decided. Um, the meme has spoken, so yeah, I guess I guess they're um, they're besties and uh, and girlfriends forever. And uh, I'm gonna go ahead and say that they they run the thieves guild side by side and uh, go on adventures. Um, and because of like the icon system in the 13th age, um, I don't know about like big sweeping changes in the world because we're the heroes who came in and made big sweeping changes in the world, but we were just there long enough to sort of like temporarily thwart someone. Uh, so just, I can only really think of small changes, but um, but we did we did definitively declare that Harold they're lesbians. So, but, but how much how much boning happens? <laughs> <laughs> that was absolutely our silliest arc, and um, I hope to recapture that energy again one day. That one was so fun. All right, for so we have chapter four up next, which is Lancer. Yeah, that one was mine. So, um, I imagine that pretty much as soon as Desi disappeared with the anomaly, the anomaly itself, Alessis, their strange influence over Wayland kind of started to dissipate. It probably took a few days for, like, the whole colony to sort of return to awareness. And when they realized that they had, like, 
three lancers there in a strange, half-finished construction project just on the outskirts of town, it was pretty confusing for all of them involved. Especially because, you know, the lancers don't have no ship anymore, they don't have their mechs, no one really knows what's going on, so they take some time to figure shit out. Because without the instructions projected into their minds with an alien presence, they don't have the knowledge or the inclination to finish this multi-dimensional portal. They don't even really know what it is. So with the help of these newly awakened Lancers, they would demolish it, assuming that it's either the source of their mass blackouts or something related. And I think after that, they would send out a third distress call and someone would come and pick up the Lancers, who, after more investigation, would have found all of your mechs in the mines and taken those in the place of theirs that had been destroyed. Hey, You're free mechs! Yeah. <laughs> We're helping. You're welcome, Lancers. So far, we help so much. Yeah. Yeah, that's, um, I mean, good for them. I'm glad we were able to, to put things right and it didn't go all dead space on them. We'll also find out why the dog was barking. It uh, saw a space squirrel. It's <laughs> <laughs> so, a mystery finally resolved. So there's a dog in my neighborhood that will just like bark for hours on straight. And I don't know if there's just something wrong with this dog or it just likes to bark. And I will be laying in my bed at two in the morning while this dog barks. And I'm just like, is it trying to lead me somewhere? Is there a mystery that needs to be solved? (laughs) (laughs) So our next chapter is Wheel of Time, which was me again. So this one, I actually do have feelings about what happens. Um, And to read my feelings about what happens, um, I highly recommend reading all 15 books of Wheel of Time (laughs) by Robert Jordan, because I called him up on the phone and said, Hey, Robert. And he said, that's not even my real name. Who is this? (laughs) Um, But in all seriousness. um, Wow, you talked to Robert Jordan's ghost? I did. In now, and then it sent the ideas to him in the past, and there was some time spaghetti going on. So, um, yeah, that is 100% real. That's absolutely what happened. We're so Um, talented. Thank you. Thank you. I do. I can turn into a bat and I can talk to Robert Jordan's ghost and give him the idea of Wheel of Time. But only Robert Um, Jordan's ghost. I do want to say that we did manifest lesbians into the TV show. We did manifest lesbians into the TV show. Yeah, it's canon. Yeah, it is canon. Rafe heard us. He heard our call and he made it canon. So so both in the real world and in this game, we made the universe better by being there. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So my real headcanon um, for what happens after we leave uh, is that, again, this is like a relatively small blip in the world because Wheel of Time is like a very established universe. Um, But we did definitely make Joseph's life better. He is still at the library, chilling out, really becoming a part of things and feeling like he has a unique gift that is really appreciated outside of his own universe. So he's really enjoying that, that he's allowed to participate and be his true self um, and not like have to hide or be scared of what's going to happen. So I really love that for him. Um, And my... um, my NPCs in this one. Um, now, this is a case where I was like, oh, they're definitely together. I hope us talking with Lita Sadai means that she went back to Elder Cell and it was like, actually, let's be girlfriends. And they're now very happy together. Um, that's <laughs> female my and female? Question mark, question mark. <laughs> yeah, woman yeah. woman. <laughs> so that, that is my headcanon for them. Um, as I was writing them, I was like, uh-oh, these have strong girlfriend energies. So, um, 
So I think they're very happy. And then Joseph's life is definitely better. And we were not able to like stop the full events of the Wheel of Time universe from kicking off. But that actually, you know, that turns out okay too. So we, we don't have anything to do with that. But but those three people's lives that we interacted with, their lives are definitely better. So good job, team. Our track record is so good right now. I hope nothing yeah. makes that change. <laughs> uh, the way you say that makes me nervous. Speaking of which... It should be. <laughs> Henshin was our next arc. Um, despite what I just said, I think Henshin, the Henshin world, the world of Crystoria, uh, turned out okay. Like it's, it is a post-war, middle of the war world. So obviously, there's still some bad stuff going on. But last we left, left off, they uh, were about to go blow some stuff up. They were about to blow up some bad guys, and we were acting as the distraction. Um, and I'd say, I, I'm, you know, what? It, I think it went well. I think they were able to blow up some bad guys. Uh, they were able to blow up the bad guys' main ship in their big capital city. Um, and, you know, they were able to rescue the, the gay dad kings. And I think there's a lot of stuff that still needs to be repaired because, once again, it's a po- post-war world. Um under the influence of like an evil space empire so a lot of stuff needs to be fixed up but you know they're making strides towards towards making things better uh aurelia's probably doing her best to uh take on these monarchy type responsibilities or princess type responsibilities um because now she has her dads again and they can mentor her properly instead of her being randomly thrust into a position of power and having no idea what to do because that's rough i'm glad that we actually were a distraction and we were able to help them so mission half accomplished yeah yeah Yeah. we well what was the anomaly i don't even remember i think it was the uh one of the gems or whatever the fuck i said was the power source um I think so. I think I think uh Drill took a gem. I think yeah. it was a gem. Yeah. I think that's what yeah. it was too. Yeah, so mission half accomplished. We did okay. We got we got uh A for effort. Yay. Oh, and then chapter seven was heroic chord. If you wanna know what happens in the world of Amilte, you should go listen to Sword of Symphonies. Yeah, we really can't answer that one. Y'all should go listen to Sword of Symphonies. It's very good. And chapter eight was Dungeon Bitches, which we weren't really in another world, except in the sense that we were in a world of hurt. So I don't think anything happened yeah. there after we left, because I'm not certain there was really a there at all. It's all very nebulous and unclear, and we don't want to go back there or no. Yeah, all all we know from that is that there's there's three mirror versions of us confirmed now after uh after our Night of the Living Gaze segment. Um and they're scary. They're not very nice. Uh and uh they just kind of show up and ruin things. So Yeah, that place is fucked up, so just don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah. don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Everything is fine. All right, so chapter nine was Wild Sea, which was me. Hell again. yeah. So I like to think that, like, despite original plans to haul ass and get out of there as quickly as possible, I think Ralderon and Castell stuck around to watch the hatchling for a little longer because, like, you know, that's a once in a lifetime opportunity. 
I think they were probably able to observe some fascinating, never-seen-before Leviathan parental and child behaviors. But I think that curiosity curiosity was cut short when a Leviathan adult killed and ate Castell's millipedes. No! Not bees. Pitter and patter are fine. Good. Nothing bad ever happens to them and they live forever. Yay! So Ralderon offers her a ride back to civilization and I think they bond a bit on the way. And she decides to hang out and stay on this library ship for a while. And never really gets used to the fact that occasionally, like, a group of weirdos will show up out of nowhere and take Rawl on a wild adventure somewhere. Bone? (laughs) (laughs) Say, are are they in love now? I mean, Rawl is a cactus and she is a human, but she's a very hardy human, so... I believe in her. I think if they really put their minds to it, they would be able to figure out a way. Yeah, they seem like a resourceful bunch, so... Yeah... Also, Rawl does have drugs below deck, and Cassell is fine with it, because she's not a cop, she's just an animal (laughs) protection agent. (laughs) I'm glad she's not actually a cop, so that means she's not a bastard. Pitter and Patter can be the ring bearers. They can walk down the aisle in a little suit. Can (laughs) we? I really want to go to their fantasy wedding. That sounds great. I stand Pitter and Patter. If we were like a McElroy big podcast, I'd be like, we're getting Pitter and Platter plushies. Oh we're my gosh. Them. I mean, we could I, just, you could just buy a big bee plushie somewhere, which I'm sure exists, and just pretend that they are Pitter and Patter. <laughs> They're officially licensed. The Eternity Archives Pitter and Patter plushies. Yeah. We, yeah. Uh, we copyrighted bees, so actually um, <laughs> all bees belong to us now, and if you ever yeah. use bee property, you owe us money. There has been a significant uptick in bees in the Eternity Archives since our Wild Sea arc. Yeah, we are going to account- take over the bee world. On account of bees being wonderful. Yeah, we're going to have Jerry Seinfeld on our podcast at one point. Oh no, we are not bringing Jerry Seinfeld on our podcast. <laughs> Just kidding. Such a... We're gonna write the B RPG. Oh my gosh, the R R P B R P B R P B. Maybe that'll be our holiday special this year. We'll write we'll, just fifty we'll minutes of RPB. us going. And then doing little dances to communicate information. You can't see them, but you know. Yeah. But we're doing them. pretty good. We yeah. could do a video episode special. Video episode holiday special. Yeah. All right. Chapter 10. <laughs> yes. Chapter 10 was What's So Cool About Monster Blood. And I was actually thinking about this one earlier because this is the one that is like, like the world isn't already like established. So this is the one that I have the most um, room to play with. It's, it's my sandbox. Um, so... After um, Delinda was defeated, Delinda, um, Delinda, you know, Delinda, Drill, and Dezen, I guess. Um, those are their canon names, and I will not take any questions. They're also bees um, now. No, bees are good. They're wasps. <laughs> oh, no. But not I those kinds of wasps. wasps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she probably is. Um, what was I talking about? I got completely distracted by bees and wasps. Delinda. Oh, thank you. Um, so after Delinda um, had her embarrassing defeat, um, she definitely just like 
you know, the the library equivalent of storming off in a huff. She uh, poofed away instantly and sort of just like left her cult hanging. Um, and of course, without like the Lady of the Stars, there's not going to be much of a cult around her. Um, so I think probably some of them left and were like, this was embarrassing. Let's get out of here. And then some of them probably did that thing where they like doubled down and were like, no, uh, she's going to come back for us and, um, you know, give us all the all the riches or whatever it is that she she promised them um, or maybe, you know, cure for werewolf disease or whatever. Um, but I would go ahead and say that, um, that Lucia and was it Lucia or Lucinda? I can't even remember my own NPC. That's embarrassing. I think it was Lucia. So I'm going to go ahead and say, um, Lucia and the rest of her group were able to sort of, um, get the cult out of the way and return things back to the status quo in the sense of like, there's still monsters here. There's still, um, you know, creepy labyrinths to explore beneath the city, but, um, there isn't a cult running around like unleashing particularly spooky beasts on people. Um, there was in particular uh, a really cool fight between the giant creepy feathery monster that was in like the cult headquarters and uh, Lucia. Uh, it was very cool. Um, there was really cool music. Uh, I wish that you could have seen it, alas. Um, and also that um, Gabriel, who was Lucia's like... Um, like underling, she was able to rescue him and return him back to normal. It was a daring escape away from from the cult because they were they were left there when we left. Um, but she was able to um, get Gabriel back to normal, and now he's he's working under her again, and she's learning to listen to him sometimes and change the way she does things. But also, he's learning that she's there to protect him and always has his back. So um, that one was was a nice one. We were able to actually rescue someone. Um, or at least set up a rescue, and uh, now there's no more evil cult running around making particularly spooky monsters. Oh, was that, another was that the ending. only cult <laughs> in the entire world? It was just that one cult? Uh, at least I in this city. I can't believe we ended all cults. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, yes, it turns we cured cults. <laughs> uh, Delinda was responsible for all of them. Oh, wow. Every single one. Can you believe that? So we that's fixed some, it. That's some crazy MLM right there. The biggest MLM. Oh man, she would be totally into MLMs too. She'd bring them up at inappropriate times, like you'd you'd be posting about like a death in the family or something, and she'd be like, "Oh, babe, I'm so sorry to hear that." Crying emoji. Can I talk to you about a great opportunity uh, to help improve your life? <laughs> like, no, <laughs> read the room, lady. By the way, that's multi-level marketing, not males loving males. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I got Just no problems listening to our podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> got no problem with males loving males. Got a big problem with multi-level marketing. <laughs> Speaking of which, uh, listeners, if you're interested in a great opportunity to work, be your own boss, and earn cash on the side, just hit me up. Yeah, I'm joking. Don't do that. I don't have one. Donate ten dollars to our Kofi. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was going to keep making that joke, um, and then I realized I we would actually fall into FTC fraud category if I kept oh, making no. this joke, so I'm not, I'm not going to. <laughs> Listeners, don't fall for pyramid schemes. Anyway, um, our next chapter was chapter 11, Hack the Planet. Oh, you want to know what happened in the Hack the Planet world? Fuck. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we might have to talk to Ember about that one. 
Yeah. Yeah. But I will say that at some point, I do want to do a one-on-one with Genevieve and see what happens with Evil Desi once the lights go out. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. That would be really fun. Oh, I would man. really like to hear that. I want to do like a short tea time for Evil Desi's daring escape from Hack the Planet World. Oh, that would be great. So listen for that, listeners. That'd be fun. Yeah. And then I guess our final one was the one we just ended, which was um, Kids on Bikes, which was Sweetgrass part, you know, part two, but chronologically part one. Yeah. Um, Okay. So first, I want to apologize to everyone uh, because there are a lot of things I was trying to do in this chapter. And unfortunately, just because of the isolated... um, episodic nature of our show it's very difficult to allude to uh certain things and what you should do because because it's not like it's not like a jrpg where it's like one continuous thing so this whole thing was it was weird right like there was no anomaly what was the anomaly well the anomaly was that in the original sweetgrass uh thalia was taken by the mayor and sacrificed. <laughs> oh and no! <laughs> that was the original oh, yeah. ending, and her power sort of empowered like the quote-unquote good part of the tree, and sort of helped it fight back and contained the evil human sacrificed energy of it. Um, so things were like semi-normal and regular, uh, but you guys did something completely different which was you helped escort everyone out of town so Thalia's safe and her family is safe and her you know her her child and her brother are safe um but because that you know quote unquote good part of the tree never absorbed kind of like her energy um it was overtaken by the evil part of the tree and that kind of sort of overflowed and uh, basically the mayor is now a very strong evil demon man uh, and that part of Georgia is now shit out of luck I guess so, oh no so sorry we, we broke the timeline <laughs> yeah so I did at one point think it'd be really cool to like go back to that uh, timeline again and it'd be like a post-apocalyptic type setting um, but yeah so far we had such a Georgia. Yeah, post-apocalyptic Georgia <laughs> pretty much like there's like gonna be demons flying around and whatever and evil trees and what have you um, so yeah we had a good streak up until now but when you throw in time shenanigans i feel like that's bound to happen especially when you don't know the entire context of everything that happened um so you know what i will accept the responsibility for that last one <laughs> man I can't we believe did have... you would do this to us i know <laughs> i'm so we sorry had such a good streak going yeah you guys were like wow we helped thalia she's gonna be safe with her baby and her brother and her friends and it's like well about that <laughs> uh, all of our other chapters had like good happy endings and baffy's like nope downer time. <laughs> sorry because this was like a whole thing I had I had planned ahead of time. Like this was something where I actually was like, what would happen in this world after this happened? Um, and unfortunately, this is what happened. <laughs> 
man, we, uh, the one time we went in and we were like, we're, everything's going to work out great. Nothing bad is going to happen. And we made it worse. I Freaking mean, you know, you time know, shenanigans. sort of like, you know, like it's, it's different. It's not necessarily worse. It's worse for sweetgrass, but <laughs> I hope, I hope Miriam's like a, like a resistance fighter. Like she's got like an underground vampire ghost werewolf ring of of badasses who are like oh, not yeah. on our watch Sounds hot. <laughs> yeah i mean she can definitely do that um because i don't think she's in sweet grass quite yet but like if there is a big supernatural anomaly in the sense that this town has now turned into a post-apocalyptic demon hellscape she's probably gonna be like well that's interesting i wonder if i can do something about that <laughs> I feel like uh, Miriam would totally be up for being a librarian uh, if that was something that happened to her. She'd be like, yeah, of course I'll go around and help people with my vampire powers. Oh, that's an interesting question or thought is like, I mean, obviously there are different types of people in the library, but I guess we've never really considered all the vast options of different types of librarians that exist. My headcanon for Babby's story is that Miriam is a former librarian. Oh, interesting. Ooh, That's I like cool. That. Yeah, I like that. You know what what the power of having our own podcast is? Our headcanons just become canon. So yeah, that's, that's just, just canon now. Yeah, that's just canon now. All Good right. job. <laughs> Good work, team. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, this was it was really fun to think back on these worlds and and the ways that we left them changed and and what things would look like if we pop back into them and uh, a lot more like love and joy and improvement and uh, collaboration and and like growth than I expected. Good job, everybody! And demons and some demons. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's that's kind of to be expected. Yeah. Well, also just. I just want to reassure people, the original Sweetgrass timeline is fine. It's just that now there's a divergence point, And this is now a completely alternate timeline. Oh, so, good. Yeah. I was just about to ask if we if we ruined that Sweetgrass forever. Okay, so now there's like Sweetgrass Alpha and Sweetgrass Beta. Yes. Yeah, I am. Um, I'm glad that there are people other than me writing time travel fiction, because I think the idea of going back into the past and experiencing things in the past is really interesting. And as soon as someone's like timeline consequences, I'm like, simmer down, Ray Bradbury. I do not have the energy to figure this out. <laughs> well, it's okay, because time travel, as far as we know, does not exist. So we can just do what we want with it. Don't That's at true. me, theoretical astrophysicists. Or you can at me if you want to tell talk to me about like real time travel because that'd be cool. But um, if you're just gonna yell at me about how I'm wrong, then don't at me. <laughs> yeah, no, no Neil deGrasse Tyson energy in here. We know it's not real. We're we're playing pretend. <laughs> we're playing pretend on the internet. It's fine. The eternity archives is all made up. <laughs> I, I yeah, I don't know if you all knew that 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 we make this up. This these are this is actually my, our autobiography. <laughs> We're recording this from this inside is the-, the library right now. Yeah. Right oh now. my god. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's great here. I love it. Oh, that actually be kind of a cool like side arc or tea time thing would be like recording it from the perspective of someone who is like stuck in the library and is just like, please help me. <laughs> oh, like a hello from the magic tavern. But yeah. The library. Yeah. Oh, let's do. Okay. I'm putting a pin in that listener. Stay tuned. <laughs>
<laughs> Lots of exciting um, uh, ideas and new ventures in this episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we uh, we've had some really good ideas, you guys. Um, so yeah, thanks for joining us for a um a very casual sort of chatty tea time. But we were just really excited to like talk about this, and since we wanted to talk about it, we figured that you all might be interested in listening as well, since you've also been to these worlds and heard these stories. Before we um, wrap up, I did want to go ahead and say you all might have seen um, our tweet or our post on the Discord if you're a uh, supporter, but. Our next tea time, we are going to be doing a Q&A because uh, Bappy brought up that it's been like 18 months or something since we've done one. It's been a really long time. It's been a hot so, minute. Um, yeah, it's been a, a real hot minute. So if you all have questions for us, um, you can send them to us on Twitter, assuming Twitter hasn't exploded, um, at the Archives Pod. You can send them to our email, which is um, – Dorka, do you know what our email is? It'll be in the show notes. That's right. Our email will be in the show notes. So send us an email. It's also on our website at theeternityarchives.com. Um, yeah. So, so, or if you know us in person, you can talk to us or uh, ping us individually on. No, I'm I just scrap all of that. Never mind. You can probably um, message us on Kofi too, I think. Oh, yeah. Feel free to message us on Kofi too if that, if that works. But, um, but yeah. And these can be questions about our characters, about the library, about any of the worlds we've been to, or they can just be personal questions. Yeah, ask us our favorite ice cream flavor or uh, our archivist's favorite ice cream. We usually get some weird food questions, so send us a weird food question. Yeah, yeah we'll us, fight to the death about it live on air. Ask us how much we paid in taxes this previous season. D- do not. Don't <laughs> ask us that. That's <laughs> Please don't. So, uh, yeah, thanks so much for listening, everyone. Um, we will be back to you in a couple weeks with our next arc, um, which have we announced yet? Have we said what that's going to be? We did. It is okay. Wonder Home. Just it's to Wonder remind Home. everyone. And it's really great. It's really great. And spoiler alert, there are bees. So. Oh, yeah, there are bees. Aw. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that one. And I hope that all of you are as well. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you in a couple of weeks. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. Thank, Thank you. Bye. Bye. The Eternity Archives is hosted, produced, and edited by Dorka, Bappy, and Ziva. Find us on Twitter at, at the Archives Pod or online at theeternityarchives.com. Our intro music is Paint the Sky by Hans Adam, and sound effects are obtained from zapsplat.com. Check out our show notes for more information and some helpful resources. If you enjoyed this podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe to the Eternity Archives on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you prefer to listen. Consider supporting us by telling your friends about us, or leave us a tip at our Ko-fi page, ko-fi.com slash theeternityarchives. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Proud member of the Rainbow Roll Network, Rainbow Roll. Our stories are our voices. voices.